You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. Unacceptable in all areas. Unacceptable coaching, unacceptable playing, unacceptable effort, not what we're about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. We lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, play with poise, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. At the same time, we're not going to take anyone's shit either. As we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's all, sir. It's second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't like getting it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? No, I want to do is fucking eat. I want you to eat. I want you to eat. I want you to want this shit. Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me. Bunch of this did it again. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, how are you? doing good Shane but we're running this a little late and to be honest with you I don't see any jokey material to start with here so you ready you ready to just go around the league let's do it man let's get down to business Mike (laughs) now let's go around the league league. we haven't decided how we're going to play the guys so I wouldn't tell you if I did so you know I don't mind you asking a question, but I don't need to answer it. You know, I mean, I'll be whistling Rocky Top by the end of the week. All our players, I mean, it's just like, right? I mean, you just hear it over and over. And, you know, like every other, every third song, it'll roll through within the crowd noise that we play at practice. So you just uh, you get used to it. It's, it's a catchy tune, right? I mean. This game's going to be a street fight. This game's going to be a street fight. I mean, some of you guys don't know who Kimbo Slice is. Hopefully you do. Um, and you go back to it, man, this isn't a sanctioned fight. This is a street fight. I mean, this is the SEC. So, man, it's time. It's time to put on the hard hat. Launch bail. Let's get to work. All right, Shane. So, in shows this week, you know, we've touched a lot on LSU and Texas. Obviously, that's a big game there. And also Texas A&M Clemson, but this is an SEC podcast, so we want to give the only conference game on the slate this week. We're going to give it some extra attention here. And of course, we're talking Arkansas going to Ole Miss, Shane. This is going to be you know, a make-or-break game, a lot of people think, for both these teams. I can't really afford to lose this one, in my opinion, if either one plans on going to a bowl game, unless... You know, something crazy happens and they pull a couple upsets down the road. But you know, starting 2-0 and would be huge for Chad Morris in Arkansas after only winning two games last season. And Ole Miss, at least I've been talking about it all offseason, if they go down 0-2, oh, the easier part of their schedule, I mean, it's yeah. going to be a long year. So this, this is a must-win, I think, for both these teams. Uh, how, how big is this game in your mind? Honestly, man, and you know, it's crazy. I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like, what is the biggest game this week? And I do think Tennessee BYU is a huge game just because of everything that's going on there. They got to bounce back. But a lot of people are talking about the Texas game and they're talking about the Clemson game. But honestly, 
I really do think this Ole Miss and Arkansas game is the biggest game, other than, than the BYU, obviously, this week. Just because, like you said, if Ole Miss comes away with this 0-2, the hot seat talk starts, buddy. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people already upset about Morris and what they got down there in Arkansas. So if they drop this game, then it could be like, did we make a mistake? You know, so I, I think there's a lot riding on this game. Mm-hmm. Well, Shane, uh, you know, typically what we like to do on this show is cover one team and then jump to the other. We got a uh, new idea here because this is obviously two conference teams and another interesting nugget here, Shane, for those that don't know, uh, both Arkansas and Ole Miss make their coordinators available throughout the week to meet with the media. So we've got comments from all four of these coordinators, Shane, and I thought it would be kind of cool to start with the two guys going head-to-head here. Arkansas offensive coordinator Joe Craddock talking about Ole Miss and the improved defense that he's seeing on the Rebels. And then we're going to flip over to Ole Miss defensive coordinator Mike McIntyre to talk about what he's seeing in this improved Arkansas offense. And then we'll flip over to the other coordinators after we uh, discuss this matchup. Hey, Joe, has Ole Miss changed its front under Mike McIntyre? And what, what difference does, do you see in them? Yeah, it's, it's a very similar front. Um, the thing about them, I think, uh, you see from last year to this year is they're, very, they're much more sound in what they're doing. Uh, they're much more gap sound in what they're doing. Uh, they're, they played extremely hard the other day. Um, they're running the football. Uh, the thing you see about them that just stands off the sheet is just how, how much experience and, and older guys they have on the field compared to all our young guys. So it'll be a challenge for us, um, you know, but I, I think that, you know, our guys, again, have to raise their level from last week. And um, But Ole Miss is doing some really good things. They're much more gap sound. They're playing harder. Um, they've got some experience. They've added a junior college linebacker. Um, so, you know, they, they, they did some good things the other day on defense. Um, but I know they're, you know, feeling kind of the same way we are right now. we all got to get better. And um, so it'd be a good game, be a good uh, – Good atmosphere down there in Oxford. We can't wait to get down there. Mike, can you just kind of broadly assess the challenges you guys are facing with Arkansas from what you've seen? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, um, I like their, uh, their their new quarterback does a good job. He understands the offense to me from watching film from last year and this year. Um, he's making more checks. He's getting them in the right play. Looks like he's going with the ball quicker to the correct receiver like uh, Chad would want. Um, that's what I've noticed there. Um, you know, number five, the running back is an excellent, excellent player. Powerful, fast. Um, they run the stretch play really, really well. Um, they didn't run that as much last year, but it looks like to me their line's in sync. The running back gets them running and cuts up field. Um, he's doing a good job there. They didn't play their, their, their excellent tight end, um, number 85, from last year. Did not play in the first game. And so uh, he was coming off an injury. Um, but I think he'll be ready. I saw him on shorts kind of walking around on the sidelines, and, you know, he's an excellent weapon for them. Um, and then their receivers, their big receivers, their young receivers they had last year, number eight, um, made some plays. Number seven and 16, the freshman receivers are long and athletic. Um, they look like they can stretch the field and do some different things there. So um, that's kind of what I'm seeing on, on film with them. They had a couple plays. They just missed in the Portland game, or they would have had a good another 21 points or so. Um, so I think that they feel like they have ability to maybe stretch the field a little bit more. 
Coach, from an overall sense with the 3-4, you came in, you felt like, you know, this would be better for the existing personnel. Small sample size, but uh, do, you, do you have some degree of confirmation now, and do you think you've got a pretty good buy-in? Yeah, I do. I, I, the thing that I was, you know, um, we've been able to do, but you don't do it full speed all the time, and people are going to keep testing us, and they should, was being able to tackle the receivers in space, being able to tackle the running backs out in space. Is, you know, Arkansas will do it, everybody do it. They're going to try to block Sam and throw it out there and see if he can get off and make a tackle on the back, and he has. And I mean, he's going to miss one every once in a while, as those guys are, but they're athletic enough, they're rangy enough um, to, to be able to do that. Um, so I think that, that that's, uh, I thought, that the first sample that um, it was able to hold up and do well. All right, Shane, so that there you have it. The offense from Arkansas, the defense from Ole Miss. This is going to be obviously a key matchup here. Mike McIntyre, I think of all the first-year coordinators here in the SEC after week one, I was the most impressed with what his unit did. I mean, this, this defense was terrible last year, and, you know, they held Memphis in check on the road. I was very impressed with that unit. Uh, meanwhile, on a second watch of this Arkansas game, Yes, they did not look great against Portland State, but after watching it again, Shane, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses here, but the offense was not, it's not that it was terrible, it was just maybe the timing was a little off or, the, or a pass was a little too high or so there was a couple drops. I mean, there's potential for this offense if they get their timing right, if they get this passing game going. And we, we saw Rakeem Boyd go off. I mean, they've got the ground game. If they have yeah. the passing game to balance it out, I still have faith that this Arkansas offense can come a long way. So uh, this is probably going to be the key matchup in the game. Absolutely, man. And, you know, I, the thing about Boyd, I've loved him. And you know this since last chance you. <laughs> I just – I was always a big fan of the kid. And uh, I, I thought he looked really good last week. And, you know, something about the chemistry with Arkansas – this is something that we've been harping on. I, I really do think that this has a lot to do with lack of reps uh, with Ben Hicks as the one. Because, like you said, it just felt like they just weren't on the same page at times. And, you know, I, I thought there were, some, there were some catchable balls. I thought there were some – there's some times in this game that they really should have took this, this game out. You know, they, they should have smoked Portland State. But this is what happens when – you don't have that experience. You don't have that team chemistry. So now on the flip side of the coin, I've not, I was not, I can't think of any other defense in the SEC I'm more impressed with than Ole Miss. Not saying that they have the best defense, but just where they were last year to what I saw this year is night and day. And the, and the big thing was, is they were on the field majority of the game and they were able to keep a Memphis team that was supposed to win this thing in check. And honestly, could have Ole Miss easily could have won this game if they could have had some sort of resemblance on offense. So if Ole Miss offense manages to put some longer drives together and gives this defense some rest, uh, this this should be a pretty damn good matchup here between Arkansas's running game and Ole Miss's defense. Yeah, Shane, if you would have told me going into week one that Ole Miss was going to hold Memphis to 13 points on the road, uh, I would have lost – Lost that bet every time. I mean, I don't count that safety, obviously, against the defensive. Memphis did score 15, but uh, the safety on the – I mean, the Ole Miss offense was hurting them more than they was helping them on Saturday. 
Absolutely, man. And I'll tell you what, this whole week, but going back to Arkansas, if Ben Hicks is, if coach is telling the truth that Ben Hicks is the guy and he got all the reps this week, I think we're going to see some improvement from the passing game. So unless, unless they're still bouncing around with Starkle. Well, that's interesting, Shane. I didn't include that, this clip, but it, but during uh, Craddock's segment here, he was asked about Nick Starkle and he just made a comment. It kind of, I was shaking my head because he said when Starkle did come in, it, I believe it was his second pass. It was a terrible interception. He, he wasn't looking at the middle linebacker right in front of him and threw, threw the ball right at him. <laughs> and Craddock said, you know, if he doesn't throw that interception, throws a touchdown, you know, he's probably the starters. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> That's that's fine if you think that, but I don't know. Now you're just demoralizing Ben Hicks with this comment. So that's where we're at, man. You know, I mean, it's just it drives me nuts. And I mean, to compare this, it's like waking up like you you've been in a deep sleep. You wake up, you jump in your car and you're all of a sudden in a NASCAR race. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's going to take some time to adjust to that speed of the game. And when you throw somebody in there like that, and he's wanting to win this position, and here you hear coordinators and coaches talking about he could have had it if he didn't screw up. You know what I'm saying? What do you think he's going to do next time he's in there? He's either a he's going to overreact, he's going to throw another interception, or b he's going to be so conservative that the offense is going to go three and out. So I, I, they're creating a they're creating a mess down there, the same mess we saw last year, and I hate that. And I know Arkansas fans do, too. All right, Shane, so let's flip over to the other coaching battle in this Arkansas Ole Miss game. Of course, Rich Rodriguez, Ole Miss offensive coordinator, uh, and he's going to be going up against the chief, Shane, Arkansas defensive coordinator, John Chavis, the most experienced defensive coordinator in the SEC. Uh, let's see what these two had to say going head-to-head, and then we'll discuss it on the back end. What kind of things can you do to make things a little easier on Matt, make – get him going in a little bit of a rhythm early. Yeah, we, that's uh, part of what we we really weren't able to get him in a rhythm and comfortable, and any quarterback is like that. I think Matt, Matt can make all the throws, and uh, he was really sharp leading up to it in, in camp, and in the game, the, you know, a few things happened. But he's a competitive guy, very com- and uh, he knew right away when things – weren't going where or what was happening, what was happening to him. That's part of the deal. He wasn't like, I don't know what's, you know, he knew what was going on and how they were playing us. And, you know, I think, again, he's he's played a little bit, but it was his first start. And I think Matt will continue to get better. I got a lot of confidence in him, and he'll play well. Could you describe what the new Ole Miss offensive scheme is about, and have you got matched up with uh, Rich Rod in the past? No, never have. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of what we've seen, you know, very, very, very fast tempo, a lot of zone read. They won't run football. They won't do, uh, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's what they like doing. And, and to be a good football team, I, I think that's something that you have to do. But they, you know, they, uh, they want to get that done and, 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 and certainly uh, use the quarterback in running the football. Now, you know, I don't know as compared to, you know, what he did at uh, – at Arizona, you know, uh, with where they are at quarterback, certainly they got one that's very talented. He can run, he can throw, he can do all those things. So we expect to see a wide open offense, and you know, I don't think we'll see anything that we hadn't seen at some point in time. But uh, you know, he's been very successful. Uh, he's done a tremendous job, and, and you go back, and you know, really, you know, one of the guys that uh, you know kind of got this era of football started. You know, in, in terms of 
you know, going fast and, and, and uh, you know, a lot of the formations and a lot of the shifts and stuff that we're going to see. All right, Shane. So the key to this game for Ole Miss probably is going to come down to Matt Corral. You know, for three quarters, Memphis defense, which I don't even know a single guy on that team, they look like the, the 85 Chicago Bears going up against this <laughs> offense, you know, until Ole Miss did get some stuff going. But, you know, they really hung their defense out to drag, like you were mentioning. And on the flip side, John Chavis, his defense has been the most steady part of Chad Morris's program in you know all of last season and once again in week one against Portland State they really shut those guys down uh, mm-hmm. this is going to be uh, this will be another battle to watch here and I'm, I'm kind of interested to see who comes out on top Rich Rod versus John Chavis two very respected veteran guys that have never gone head-to-head in a football game yeah and uh, you know the thing with Matt is I want to see more scripted play man i i do i want to see some safe three four yard routes get him comfortable get him you know where confident you know just if he has the confidence i think he could be a good quarterback he's like a deer in the headlights when he got out there and it took him three quarters to finally get comfortable and like you said once he reached that point they were able to do something on offense, and they can't wait. They, against Arkansas, you cannot wait until the third, fourth quarter. Next thing you know, they're going to be up, and then you're playing from behind. And the last thing you really want is Matt to try to catch up. You know, you want him to be ahead. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, I'm looking forward to this game. Like I said, I can't. Unfortunately, it is a night game, same time mm-hmm. as uh, the LSU-Texas, same time as Tennessee-BYU. We kind of hit on that earlier in the week. I have no idea why they're stacking these games up, but this will be on one of my three TVs, Shane. I can't wait for it. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you, though. Mm-hmm. What does Ole Miss have to do to win this game? Who has to win this game for Ole Miss? Or what? What do you have to see? Is it uh, is it the line play? Is it is it Matt? What is, what is it going to take for Ole Miss to win this game? I think it's going to come down to the running game. Now, whether you want to say that's Matt Corral involved in it, I mean, I think he's got to be. They can't really risk him, though, because they got no depth behind him. I mean, they got three freshmen there as quarterbacks. But they have to be able to run the ball a lot better than they did against Memphis because, mm-hmm. kind of like we were saying, they just can't leave this defense out to dry. We've seen the defense already looking good. We're already into week one. Well, week two, I guess. And I'm already concerned about the depth of this defense being left on the field too often. So that's yeah. going to be the key. If, if Ole Miss can keep their defense fresh, I think they can handle Arkansas's offense. If they're out there the entire game, the tempo Chad Morris offense likes to run, I think Arkansas is going to get this game if they can slow down the Ole Miss rushing attack. That's good, man. I like it. I, Phillips, he kind of disappointed me last week. And do you think we see more of Ely this week? Well, that's something Matt Luke has hit on all week. I mean, they want to get all these guys the ball, but the, the fact is last week they just didn't get enough snaps, and you, you obviously can't give them the ball if you don't have the ball. So, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of the key there for the Rebels. And on the other side, Mike, what is it going to take for Arkansas to win this game? Well, I think it uh, comes down to that passing game. And the quarterbacks, whoever that is, whether it's Ben Hicks, Nick Starkle, or both of them, getting more in a rhythm with the receivers – uh, the receiver's not dropping the ball. I'd like to see tight end factored in a little bit more because, yes, these receivers, Traylon Burks, Trey Knox, uh, Mike Woods, there's these are some talented players, but they're still 
you know, still very young out there. I don't know if you really want to put the game in their hands at this point. So I really want to see these tight ends factored in a little bit more. That's the strength of this Arkansas team outside of the running backs. I love the running backs there for Arkansas, but I expect Ole Miss to kind of force uh, the quarterbacks and receivers to beat them. And from what we saw last week, uh, they may not be up to the challenge. So they need to get that uh, that going. Absolutely. I, and I think you're right. And I think Chavis's defense is a big part, too. I mean, say what you want. They held Portland State to, I think, like 200 yards total offense. So if they can build off that and the offense take a step forward with that chemistry, I think they could they could also have a great shot winning this game. All right, Shane, let's jump on down to Baton Rouge. Go Tigers. We're obviously a big game here. LSU going to Texas. It's going to be the primetime game. Game of the week here. And we touched on this a little bit previously, Joe Burrow and his relationship with Tom Herman. And uh, during his recent media availability, I just he, he was asked about it. So he talked about Tom Herman for here for a minute. And uh, I just thought this was a this was a cool little note here. He was really the, the only coach from from big time programs that had any faith in me. And um, there were a lot of people in within the program there that didn't really feel like taking me. And Coach Herman kind of stood on the table for me. Um, so I owe a lot to Coach Herman, and you know he's a, he's a great man and a great coach. I talked to Mark Pantoni this week, and he had said that there was a throw-in session in Athens, and a bunch of teams would always come through, and that Herman went out there, and that's kind of when things turned. Do you remember? Yeah. You remember what it was like that day? Yeah, I, I mean, I walked. Out, that was probably the best I've ever thrown in my life, and. Um, I walked off the field and I said, if they don't offer me after that one, then I'm just not good enough flat out. Um, but yeah, he kind of fell in love with me that day and, you know, kind of went back to, to Columbus and kind of stood on the table for me. All right, Shane. So it, this is just pretty weird how it worked out. Joe Burrow said he never imagined he'd play football for LSU. And I mean, add another layer to it, he probably never thought. The biggest game of his life is against the coach, the only coach that believed in him. How weird is this going down here that uh, Joe Burrow is going to be meeting Tom Herman in, in Austin on Saturday night? Well, sounds like a Cinderella story, Mike. But the fact of the matter is, when Tom went down to Texas, guess who he didn't call? The Joe quarterback. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if he had that much confidence in him and he knew Joe wanted to get out of Ohio State – then why didn't he call him over there? So maybe in the back, I don't know. Again, conspiracy theorist here. I think Joe wants to win this game because Tom didn't call him. So there's your spin zone, Mike. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I could see that. But uh, I think Texas had a couple of five-star quarterbacks on their roster, including this. I don't know if they were five-star or not. Obviously, I don't I don't follow much Texas rec- recruiting here. But uh, I think they're happy with this Sam Etliger, And that's something – that, uh, yes, we've heard uh, Caleb Von Chasson kind of chastise Etlinger, uh, but Grant Delpit, Rashard Lawrence, two of uh, LSU's best defenders here, asked about the challenge of stopping Etlinger, and uh, they had nothing but uh, praise for this kid. You know, they, they love their quarterback. He's a, he's a great kid, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I've seen his story, what he's been through, uh, so, you know, all respect to him. Um, but they like to get the balls in the playmaker's hands, you know, get the ball out quick. No, you know, he likes to run the ball a lot, so, you know, we're going to have to prepare for that. Tough guy, very tough guy. Um, he had some great moments last year. Um, he came out very hot last week, so we're going to have to try to cool him down, you know, keep him contained, um, get after him when the time comes to, and just stay in our rush lanes and 
collapse the pocket. All right, Shane, so LSU's defenders outside of Chassaw got a lot of respect for Etlinger. Um, is this going to be the key matchup for the game, you think? Uh, yeah, I, I really do. I think this both these games I, – I think this game is going to come down to the quarterbacks. Does Joe – how does he handle the big the the big stage and and can they get to him? You know, I I don't think LSU is going to have a problem putting pressure on him. But you know, this is you know when they talk about Tebow and stuff like that. If you've ever watched highlights of this cat, he is tough to bring down. You know, he that's an X factor you've got to take in consideration. Just when you think you got him wrapped up, then he's launching a pass thirty yards down the field. So that I, I do think that. There's going to be interesting pieces in this game, but honestly, it, it just comes down to both these quarterbacks. Now, finally, on LSU, Shane, Jass Odd was asked once again to, are you serious what you're saying about uh, this Etlinger, that he that he can't throw the ball? And uh, he doubled down on his comments here, Shane. <laughs> nah, I'm just, like, they just told me to be me. I mean, I'm going to say I, I don't. I'm not, you know what I'm saying, I don't want to, I'm not apologize for anything I said. I mean, obviously some things could have been said different, but I mean what I say and I say what I mean. All right, Shane, so LSU's <laughs> outstanding outside linebacker. He's not backing down, and man, I love this. This is just This is just going to add to the anticipation for this game. Double down, buddy. I like this, man. <laughs> this is this is what's being said in the locker room right here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're not afraid of Texas. They're ready to go out there and whoop some ass. All right, Shane, let's jump on down to Gainesville. Dan Mullen met with the media here on Wednesday, and this is the first time he met with the media this week because, you know, obviously, unfortunately, they're dealing with uh, some weather conditions down there, the hurricane. They kind of evacuated there. I think it's avoided them, to my knowledge, so hopefully everyone's safe down there. But they didn't have media availability on Monday or Tuesday, so this was his first one, and uh, he was asked about the – Upcoming game and suspension, Shane. Asked once again about suspensions. Dan Mullen, he's he's not wanting to give anything away about uh, suspensions for UT Martin. <laughs> and how about the suspended guys from the last game? Any of those coming off suspension today? Maybe. We'll let you know on Saturday about what time? What, what do we say? Like half hour before kickoff usually? We'll let you know if there is any suspension, who would be suspended or not suspended or any of that stuff. All right, Shane, so there it is. The Mullen can't give anything away. You don't want UT Martin sneaking up on you. Oh, he gets all squeaky, Dowdy. You know what he's about. He's like, I don't want to say. He's like that Pinocchio. You ever watch Shrek? He's <laughs> like, he doesn't want to lie because his phrase knows going to get better. But, you know, he just, oh, man. That's that's what he reminds me. I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. <laughs> UT Martin, okay? So if you got suspensions, why are you hiding it? I mean, it's not like they're Georgia State, you know? <laughs> Sticking here with the Gator shade, I thought this was pretty interesting because uh, obviously SEC East, so many teams struggled week one. So Mullen was asked about, uh, you know, how does this team look now that they've beaten Miami? You know, I, there was, I don't want to say a rush to judgment. I don't think uh, we kind of went all in on Florida and said, you know, all these terrible things. I just, I still stand by, I don't think they're a top 10 team. I'm, I'm fine with them being ranked, but I think uh, despite the fact the, the East is looking like garbage outside of Georgia, I don't think that that changes the fact that Georgia, or excuse me, Florida didn't play too well against Miami. Uh, but Dan Mullen, 
uh, talked about the fact that uh, his team's looking a little bit better after all these SEC upsets in week one. But the, the SEC East number of teams struggled. Do you think the fact that the Gators, you know, had the week zero matchup and every, you were the only thing people were talking about maybe accentuated a lot of uh, the criticism of, of the performance? For us? Yeah, I don't know. We won the game, you know, against an excellent team. You know, you're talking about we won a game against a team that was the number one third down defense in the country, number four overall defense in the country uh, last year with a lot of guys that came back that could have left to the NFL. And so I don't know. I mean, if I'm sure you can make, you know, I think a lot of people rush to judgment, you know, um, We'll see as the year goes on. I mean, I think that'll have a lot to do, too, in our future of, I guess, in discussions. We'll have how we schedule, you know. I mean, if we're – right? I mean, if you're going to try to schedule really tough games and, and play big games, or are you better not scheduling those games, you know? And, you know, I mean, I came out one in a rivalry game against a team that people think, you know, I, right? I mean, they're, I, I don't know. I keep seeing a lot of projections. They're projected to be, like, in the Orange Bowl or something this year you know, on, on people's projections. So to win a game against a team that's going to be a New Year's Six team and you win that game, um, you hope you get some good credit for that. But we'll see as the year goes on. You know, that's not something we've got to worry about now. That would be something at the end of the year you see. All right, Shane, so Mullins feeling a little bit better about his team after all these week one disappointing showings. Uh, should he be? Well, Mike, you know, I was quick to uh, jump on Florida after that Miami game. And then I saw week one performances across the country. And I'm going to tell you what, it don't look so bad down there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they did walk away with a victory. Was there some things they definitely need to work on? Absolutely. But there was a lot of good pieces, too. That defensive front was aggressive. They looked really sound. Uh, special teams looked really good. I mean, so there's two aspects. If you get your quarterback in gear and and maybe do some uh, I don't know work on that chemistry with the wide receivers or just get the ball out in general mm-hmm. I, I think they'll be fine um, it, it's just that's the thing man when you when you look at week one there's going to be growing pains man there's there's people that are on that field that haven't played before and and I think everybody you know goes through that and Florida was no different it's just I think they're a little further ahead obviously than a lot of the teams that are in the east mm-hmm. final thing here on the Gators Shane I hate to do this to you but I don't know if you see these comments here from middle linebacker David Reese but uh seems like everybody's piling on Tennessee these days bring it oh, no um only quarterback I probably only felt sorry for is probably last year Tennessee because he looked like he had enough by like the <laughs> second half so all right, Shade, so everybody's piling on the balls. Uh, man, even David Reese felt sorry for Garantano. I'm thinking back, I mean, they really did crush him in that game, and that was basically the main takeaway from that one was, hell, Tennessee may have won this game. They can protect the quarterback. You know, that was a brutal game last year. Um, you know, when you're down, you know what I'm saying? It's like I think I'm, I'm at the bottom. I don't think – I mean, when you hear – blows like this or or did you see what the kid from georgia state said you know talking about Furman's going to be a tougher competitor than than tennessee this last week i mean we'll get we, the, we'll get there oh is it there okay I, I figured it was on your short list so uh when you're down you know whatever pile it on because we can only go up from here mike that's true well speaking of going up shane let's jump on down to athens oh no sick him! Oh, 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 oh. 
where Kirby Smart met with the media here. But before we get to what Kirby Smart had to say, because he's talking about Quay Walker. It's one of Shane's favorite commitments videos of all time. Uh, Quay Walker actually met with the media here, Shane, and I think uh, you're going to appreciate these comments from Georgia's uh, young linebacker here. Coach was saying that, that he he was pretty sure that you regretted the uh, the famous Tennessee hat toss. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I hate that. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I hate talking about it, um, but I know it's going to be something that's going to be brought up for the rest of my life just about. But um, looking back on it, I think it was very immature of me doing that or whatnot. But at the same time, just a kid from a small town that was just – Happy to be where I was and whatnot. Of course, a lot of people thought I was going to Tennessee, but um, I still have respect for Coach Broad and everything and to the University of Tennessee and whatnot. All right, Shane, so some maturity here from Quay Walker. I think, uh, you know, I never hold it against any of these young men. you got to remember, these are high school kids when they're doing all this stuff, and it's not like they're really hurting anybody. I mean, they're, they're hurting feelings at the time, but I think it was really neat that uh, he kind of came out and, yeah, for a lot of people, especially Tennessee people, this is this is what defines Quay Walker. Uh, but that doesn't mean that's going to define him for the rest of his life. And I think he's uh, I think he made a wise decision, kind of coming out here and, and making this statement. Yeah, maybe he's a little more mature than I am, Mike, because I still hold a grudge. <laughs> let me let me say let me follow this up. You know, think I, I I really do. I. I I give him a hard time, you know. Did that hurt? Yes, because honestly, I thought he was coming to Tennessee. But, you know, good for him, man. Kudos for him. And maybe maybe he's just, I don't know, feeling bad about the situation. Did somebody ask him this, or did he just volunteer this information? They asked him. Oh, of course they did. Everybody's wanting to, They're trying to get some <laughs> little scoop on Tennessee right now, ain't they? <laughs> Well, Kirby Smart, Shane, during his uh, most recent media availability, was asked about Quay Walker. That's kind of why I kind of want to rope these two together. And, uh, you know, he started slow in his career there at Georgia. Now he's starting to come on. He made uh, some appearances there against Vanderbilt. Uh, so I just want to thought uh, this was kind of some good comments here from Kirby. What are some of the ways that, that Quay Walker has grown and what does he kind of still need to do in your eyes? Quay's, uh, Quay's come a long way. But Quay still has a long way to go, so it's kind of it's, it's interesting to watch because this is a kid that you know, he played out in space. He played uh, like an outside backer in high school. I mean, when you go inside, it changes your world because you go from seeing one thing to seeing everything. You got five linemen in front of you, and things are going sideways. And you know, he, he struggled some last year. He, he got frustrated, and then this year, it's amazing how far he's come with understanding our defense and being able to pick things up. He's a really good blitzer. Um, he, he sky's the limit for him because he's athletic and big, and he's come so far. Uh, but he's he has to decide that he wants to be great and work really hard every day to put himself in a special category. Quay played a good bit of snaps on Saturday. What did you think of his performance in that game? Quay did some good things. I mean, he played well. He's going to continue to play, and we need more guys. You know, we need Nate McBride. We need Kobe. Well, we need we need guys to help us in that position because that's that's where speed and Athleticism really matters on these these you know these teams that throw it all around and spread it all around. You got to have athletic backers. And we got some good athletes who've just been dinged up. All right, Shane. So it just sounds like Quay Walker's making, you know, maybe these things go hand in hand for a reason. When you get more mature and you you know the buy-in is is there and and you're just developing as a player, it kind of goes hand in hand. And uh, based on what Kirby had to say, based on what Quay Walker had to say, it sounds like Georgia's getting a good one here in Quay Walker. 
Yeah, I mean, he's. it sounds like he's ahead of the curve. So um, this is what you want to hear from your young athletes. You want to hear them think, you know, taking football more serious. And, you know, that's something that we don't get a lot of these days, especially with the younger classmen. You know, they're, they're still wet behind the ears. But it, it feels like he is – I don't know, like an old soul or something, you know. Something happened this summer, and and it really opened his eyes. Mm -hmm. A final thing here on the Bulldogs, Shane. This happened just as we were recording, so we don't have full details at this time. Hopefully it's not that bad, but uh, according to multiple, multiple reports, uh, Georgia right tackle Isaiah Wilson hurt in practice. Shit. Don't know how bad it's going to be, but it sounds like he's going to miss some time. Uh, this is uh, this would be a big blow. I mean, Isaiah Walker is one of the best tackles in the SEC. The only silver lining here, and it's not for him, but it's for Georgia. I mean, they got so many linemen that they should be able to slide someone over and, and be all right. But uh, hopefully he's not hurt long, and uh, this is just a situation to continue to monitor here. Oh, dude, that sucks. I hate injuries, and – like you said, they, they've got plenty of talent down there, but he was starting for a reason, Mike. That's That'd be a huge blow. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, final team here we want to hit on this episode. Let's jump on down to Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt announced on Wednesday here, Shane, on the teleconference that uh, defensive back Terrell Bailey, who had jumped in the portal, he's gone. He's now coming back. And that old uh, the receiver, the tweeting receiver, Shane Jordan yeah. Murphy, he is off the team as well. Uh, thoughts on? Um, it sounds like Pruitt's kind of cleaning house a little bit here. You know, one thing I can't stand, Mike, is tweeting recruits. Okay, like that is the ultimate. I don't want to ever see a grown ass person tweet at somebody in high school. The second thing I don't like seeing is adults tweeting kids in college. You know what I'm saying? And this thing, I, you know, did he say some? Did he do a dumb thing? Yes. But, I mean, he's still a kid, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hell, if I had Twitter when I was in high school or college, <laughs> you know, I, I would have done been suspended at least three times. I'd be on my fourth account by now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, said some, I was, uh, you know, I was young and dumb, too. So, but I will say it was a, it was a black eye on the university here we are we just suffered one of the worst losses in in ever you know hell since probably peyton manning lost to memphis you know what i'm saying so this was a this was a bad game and you didn't see the effort on the field and then when you got a kid come out and tweet and make a joke about uh georgia state collecting a nine hundred fifty thousand dollar check just after we just suffered one of the hardest defeats ever you know, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And people are, you know, a lot of people have shorter fuses than I do, and they tweeted at him. And this became a thing, and I'm seeing other players come out. I just, if I'm a coach, you know, I, I'm I'm telling my kids there is a no social, there's a social media ban, you know, because there's nothing positive you're going to find. Something like Jimbo talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing positive going to come from Twitter. There's nothing positive going to come from Facebook or or Instagram or any of this. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing that's going to motivate you and make you a better person uh, when you read online. And and this this again goes to show, Coach. I mean, this is the first time he's been a head coach. This is stuff that he's learning along the way. So maybe uh, as this thing 
keeps blowing out of proportion. Maybe he does something to uh, change the culture in the locker room and, and, and maybe some social media bans or something like that because there's a lot of angry fans and they're going to continue to tweet. I, we can't stop that. There's a lot of dumb people out there. But you can't, as a college athlete, as as a scholarship college athlete that's you know representing your university, you also can't make a joke about a loss either, you know, because – yeah, I was heated, man. You know, 37 years and thousands of dollars spent, you know, going to see University of Tennessee games and to see that come out, it, it got my blood boiling. So uh, I get it, but, yeah, just just stay off Twitter, man. Man, for someone that didn't want to talk about Tennessee, you should have talked a lot about Tennessee right well, there. Well, you keep bringing it up. I didn't want to talk about it. I was like, you know, we, we talked enough about Tennessee. We're Yeah, we get it. We're at the cellar right now. we got to come back. we got to beat BYU. That's all there is to it. And until we do that, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you, Mike. It's me. All right, Shane. That's all I got on this one. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this one up pretty short here. But uh, we got the picks column coming up here, Shane. I'm really excited. There's going to be some really good games. I'm eager to get my thoughts out on them. You got anything before we hop off here? No, Mike, that's all I got. I mean, we do got a lot of reviews, and I really do appreciate everybody taking the time to do that. And uh, even the unsubscribe, subscribe thing, I've, I've done that like twice today. Uh, I even counted like to 30 seconds and then subscribed again. I really do appreciate everybody doing the hustle and taking the time to do that. I am going to read all the reviews tomorrow. Uh, so after the uh, after our, because it's going to be a shorter show and we're going to do a little earlier right now. It's almost it's pushing 11 o'clock right now. So Mike's already going to be up past midnight cutting half the stuff I said today out. So <laughs> uh, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us and. Uh, Hey, week one's behind us. As much as Mike wants to keep bringing up week one, it's over. We're on to week two. We're on to bigger, better things. And uh, I'm really excited about some college ball this week. Yes, sir, Shane. So that'll do it on this one. Thank you for joining me. As always, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you, guys. Go Vols. Oh man, like a what would you say, Mike? How like a not a kid in a candy store. What's the metaphor I'm going for here? Like a like a deer in the headlights. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. just like when he gets the, let me start that one over. Okay. <clears throat> he was like a kid oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a kid in the headlights, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Sorry it's late. <clears throat>